Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shapiro. I am delighted to have Dr. Annie Andrews back on the show, and we're going to get right to it. Dr. Andrews is a pediatric hospitalist in South Carolina, and she is running for Congress. She is coming to the finish line in a race for the congressional seat for the first congressional district of South Carolina. Watching her campaign evolve has been extraordinary. Watching her galvanize crowds and share ideas and share a vision and connect with people in this extraordinarily turbulent and confusing time has been a remarkable experience for all of us. And to get to sit with her for a few minutes in the midst of the rigors of this campaign was really, really special. We get to kind of catch up from when she came on months ago and then look at the future, look at the, what the sprint to the finish line is going to look and feel like. And it was just an extraordinary experience to get to sit down with her and to do it in the low country. I got to come out and participate in some campaign events with her and with her team. And we got to sit down together in person to record this episode. You are going to absolutely love it. Without further ado, Dr. Annie Andrews. Annie, welcome back to Explore the Space podcast. Thanks for coming on. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be here too. I'm in your home country. I'm in the low country with you. We've had a good couple of days and now we actually get to record a podcast together again. This is great. Yeah, it's been great to have you here in town. Great to have your support. What has it been like? Where It's been several months. The campaign has been in high gear right from the jump. We're less than two months from Election Day. The high-level strategic view, everybody wants to know, especially people within our community, physicians, healthcare professionals, but I think people in general, what is it like to wade into the fray and be here now less than two months from Election Day? I think the first thing I'll say is it has been so exciting and almost all fun. Yeah. And I have not had one day where I woke up and regretted deciding to run for office. Yeah. In fact, as things have escalated since we last talked last October or November, I'm just so grateful that I decided to jump in so that I could be in this moment with this platform to be the voice for all of the women in my community and everyone who's just wanting to meet this urgent moment in our nation's history. So it's honestly, it's been a lot of fun. It's been energizing. It's like drinking from a fire hose yeah. every day. But it turns out as doctors, we are good at picking up new skills. <laughs> right? Yes. So new skill building. As someone who is committed to ongoing improvement, who is constantly thinking about how can I do something better? How can I make the team around me better? How can we make our community better? What are some things that you feel like, wow, I have gotten really good at this quickly? It's interesting because I joke that I spend so much of my time making small talk with people uh -huh. and public speaking yes. and talking on the phone. Those are probably three things that would have been on the bottom of the list of things I enjoy doing before this campaign, but it is worth it. Actually, the small talk means I'm meeting so many people in my community and that's really cool. The public speaking was probably the thing I was the most scared about. You know, we think about our jobs as doctors. We're used to these sort of intimate conversations with patients and their families, with nurses, with the multidisciplinary team. But those are like small conversations. 
And then some of us who, you know, are in academics or otherwise do presentations, but more formal academic presentations, which I have come to realize can be quite stiff. So public speaking on a political campaign is completely different. And, you know, you've been so kind as to give me feedback throughout the process and watching those really early videos of me giving my stump speech. And I remember the first day I did it without a note card, my palms were sweaty. It was December. My palms were sweaty. My body language was so awkward. I didn't know how to take up space. I knew the words to say, and the people in the audience were listening to me and reacting to my words. But there was so much more I could do to captivate the audience. And I, I believe, and I'm honestly surprised to be able to say this, that I have become a really strong public speaker over the course of these past 10 months. And I am really, really proud of that. You have become a really, really strong public speaker over the course of the last several months. And it's been amazing to see that evolution. And it's really important. You mentioned a couple things, though. You mentioned small talk and the moment. And I wonder, as we think about the moment, right, there are so many issues that swirl around all of us and whichever one is the most important to you. My observation is your congressional race and the issues that you have made a priority and have spoken openly about. It's become a focal point race in the country. I think there's a lot of attention and will be more. Is there still such a thing as small talk when the people who are coming up to you and introducing themselves and saying, hi, Dr. Andrews, I'm in the district. I'd like to, you know, I'd like to meet you. Is that still small talk the way that we may have thought about it two years ago? Or is it now we're talking about issues of real magnitude and I want to share with this person and hear from this person what's important on these issues? That's a great point. So it probably isn't actually small talk because we really are getting to the heart of the matter. I had this, you know, much older man come up to me last night at the event and he was so sweet and he talked about his political and voting history and that he didn't necessarily used to support Democratic candidates, Uh but he was upset about gun violence in schools and he was upset about the price of prescription drugs. And he was just so authentically genuine and sweet and excited to talk to me. He didn't know anyone at that event. He saw it on social media and came to meet me to shake my hand and to tell me that he was supporting me. And so, yeah, that isn't small talk. That was actually a very powerful conversation that I feel very privileged to be able to be a part of. Yeah, that is amazing. Is that happening a lot? Are people coming up to you? It happened again last night when we were out after the event Mm -hmm. and we were all kind of relaxing and debriefing and people came up to you. Is that happening more and more? It is more and more. And I think that'll change once my campaign commercials go up on TV. Uh Um, People will recognize me more in public spaces, which is mostly fun, but it also means I can't roll out of bed to run to the grocery store without at least thinking someone might recognize me. Yeah. I will tell you, this is making me think one of the, one of the most incredible parts of the campaign is when Women bring their daughters to meet me. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, I have two daughters. And so much of what I talk about is our kids and their future. And now so much about, you know, our girls and their future, their, you know, reproductive freedom. So when I meet people's daughters, people make it a point to bring their daughters to my events and then bring them up to introduce me. And I was actually at an event um, with a supporter last weekend and a 15 year old. She has a 15 year old daughter. She brought her up to me and I have never been fangirled so hard as I was by this 15 year old girl who wants to grow up and be a lawyer. And she was so excited to meet me. She had been so inspired by my campaign 
And that is the fuel that keeps me going because, I mean, what a privilege to be able to inspire young women in my community. That is amazing. And I love hearing that story for many reasons. And one of them actually fits with the way myself and some other folks have kind of discussed how the campaign appears to be going, because we view it from afar. I'm in California, so I'm seeing what I can find on YouTube and I'm seeing what goes on your social media feeds. Speaking of your increased public speaking skill, acumen, energy, enthusiasm, you are electrifying crowds. That's not a debatable subject. That's a fact. There are crowds that are coming to hear you speak and you can see the evolution as the, as the minutes go by, as your words come forward, as the issues surface, they're electrified. When you're with somebody one-on-one, like that 15-year-old, or with people that are coming up to you at the grocery store, whatever the case may be, when you're in front of a crowd now, do you sense that same energy from crowds? And is it different than it was at the start of the campaign? Absolutely. I yeah. was just full of nerves yeah. before every public speech I gave at the beginning, my yeah. heart pounding, all of those classic symptoms we get when we're afraid of public speaking. And now I get excited because I I really, I keep using the word privilege, but it is an incredible privilege to have this platform because I'm speaking for so many people. And I think, you know, what you said about the way crowds are reacting to me, I don't think that's unique to me. I think that that is unique to any other physician who would throw themselves in the ring this way. We just have a different way of communicating. We can't walk in a patient's room and talk around the subject for 30 minutes because that accomplishes nothing. You need to walk in a patient's room and tell them, you know, actually the tests show that they have cancer or that the tests show that they're, you know, going to need to stay in the hospital for three weeks. We have to get right to the heart of the matter when we're communicating with our patients and their families every day. And we don't have the luxury of talking around questions like we see politicians do. So I think, you know, what people are seeing when I'm speaking is that I'm actually answering questions. I'm speaking like a normal person. I'm getting to the heart of the matter in a very matter of fact and passionate way because I feel so passionate about these issues. And I think that many physicians would see themselves have the same evolution if they decided to do something like this. I agree with all of that completely. There is something about the moment. There is something about the in toto, the, the whole of what you just said, though, that causes that like 90% enthusiasm to like crowds clapping when you're standing on the balcony. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it's a combination of factors, maybe, but I think that it's intrinsic to the way you are able to bring the moment to them in a way that they understand. Otherwise, this stuff doesn't make sense and it's super scary. And as a candidate, I think one of your real strengths, and as I'm like thinking about this now, it's coming to me, I think one of your real strengths, and I think it sets you apart really on a national level, is people can look at you, your campaign, and your campaign website, and it just helps them to make sense of what's happening, and then to capture a vision of the future that is exciting, that is aspirational, that is hopeful, and is also doable. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. And I guess what, what I really want people to hear is that I didn't think I had this in me. I knew, I knew that where I stood on the issues was important, but I didn't think I had it in me to become a captivating political candidate. So if there's someone out there who thinks like, I feel strongly about some issues, but I'm not that person who can walk into a room yeah. and shake everybody's hand or go stand up on stage and get people to clap after everything you say, 
I didn't think I had that in me, but I found it in me. And so I don't want people to not do what I'm doing, not take that next step or not take that risk because they don't think that they're suited for it. Because I really, you know, it was the, it was the moment that caused me to do it. And I've just sort of met that moment, I think, Yeah. but I never thought I had it in me. That is really interesting. And I think that that will be one of many lessons that we can all take from watching you kind of step into this tension and, and work your way down this path. And it's been a long path, but we're coming to like the, the climax and the, and the sprint to the finish line. Mm-hmm. One of the cool things that I like to think about with finish lines, right? It's a privilege to even get to the point where you can sprint to the finish line. We're not, are we at the sprint yet or are we working our way towards the sprint? I think we're at the sprint. We're at the sprint. Okay, cool. <laughs> what does that mean? What does a sprint mean in a campaign for Congress, in a, in a competitive race, in a moment that is capturing all of our attention and it's a midterm that defies expectation, what does the sprint to the finish mean? So I think first I'll say I cannot believe we're already in this stage of the campaign, (laughs) but I'm also really proud to say I have so much pride in the campaign we have run up until this moment. There isn't anything that I did that I regret. I don't think we've made any mistakes. I think we've run a fabulous team. Yeah. It's a really incredible, authentic campaign. And that's, you know, I've been able to do this and stay very true to who I am and why I'm running. And that is just amazing. I can talk about the issues that matter to me because they're actually the issues that matter to the average voter as well. So I'm really proud of the campaign we've run. I cannot believe that we are in the last two months of it, but it is a sprint. Um, You know, they said this to me at the beginning, the most valuable asset to a campaign is the candidate's time, right? There's not two of me Mm -hmm. and people want to meet the actual candidate, right? So I can't send somebody in my place I need to be a lot of places. I need my face in front of a lot of people, shake a lot of hands. And so my calendar is very full, driving up and down the district, doing radio interviews, doing podcast interviews, doing in-studio media interviews, you know, having little mini rallies like we had last night, having, you know, still some private fundraisers because financing is so important for a successful political campaign. But it's, it's just all of these things. And it's, you know... Moment by moment, I wake up every day, I look at my calendar, I'm like, okay, here goes. How many outfit changes am I going to put in my car? Do I have my steamer? Do I have my makeup bag? Like, it's just, you just never know. And it's honestly, it's so exciting. And I was working as a hospitalist for over a decade before this. Loved my job. But this is it. like, there's a lot of excitement, day to day, really energizing things I get to do. It's interesting to hear you reflect on all of that. Because what I was thinking of, too, is... In the midst of all that, you're still seeing patients from time to time. There's still room for you to practice your craft and to be in the community and be involved and be engaged, but doing it at the bedside. That's pretty amazing, especially for a campaign of this magnitude. Is it restorative for you when you have time to be in the hospital? Absolutely. Yeah. And that has also been a gift to be able to step away from that day-to-day grind in the hospital and sort of the day-to-day grind of an academic career and the clogging of the email inbox and just all of that to step away and then jump back in a couple times a month to see patients really brought me back to why I love the job yeah. so much and what an honor it is to be able to help individual sick children and their families. Yep. And it has been, I've been so lucky to be able to continue to do that throughout the campaign. And Every every night I go into the hospital for a night shift, you know, there's a moment of like, oh, I'm so tired. I can't believe I actually have to go do this now. And then the moment I walk in those doors and talk to the first patients like, oh, my gosh, I love this job. I'm so lucky to be here and I'm so happy to be able to do this. 
I think it's worth restating for clarity for those of you who may not be in the practice of medicine. What we're hearing from Dr. Andrews that in the midst of this grueling campaign, she's working overnight shifts in the hospital admitting patients. Overnight shifts in the hospital are extraordinarily difficult. They're stressful. They're tiring. They completely reset your circadian rhythm. And then to get back out there and keep fighting for the low country, I, I, that's rare. And it's extraordinarily commendable. Night shifts in our profession are super hard. And then to get back out on the campaign trail the next day, I think that shows a level of dedication to the people that are here from a multitude of different directions that is worth calling out. And I think it's amazing. And I think as other physicians consider doing this, that'll be part of the credo. And that'll be part of the legacy of this race for you, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What's next? We have, we're coming to the sprint. When it's a sprint, it's, it's flat out, it's eyes forward, you know, head down and fly. Mm-hmm. As you're flying, what's the fuel? What are the things we can expect? What are we going to get to look for? Will things be different or do you feel like you're in rhythm and you're just going to go? I think it's just going to keep building. You know, yeah. we're going to be up on TV. We already filmed all of our commercials. We'll be up on TV soon, which will be exciting. And those ads will be on obviously here locally, but then also on social media and yeah. digital ads. Yeah. So that's going to be exciting. That's going to increase media attention on the race, which will be very exciting. Um, we're doing a lot of just, you know, driving down to Beaufort County and meet and greet type of events. I'm looking forward to the debate. I get to debate uh, my opponent on October 19th. And I really, again, I was so afraid of the public speaking aspect of this. And I would have told you the day before we launched that the thing I was most afraid of is a debate because I'm not a politician, but I feel so confident going into that debate because I do feel like I have a deep understanding of the issues that matter to my community. And as a doctor, I feel like I have the ability to communicate very clearly and effectively to my community about where I stand on those issues. And so I'm actually really, really excited for the debate. I hope we get to do more than one. We'll see. But that's a big moment as we lead up to the final push. And then, you know, I've been talking to my kids about what it's going to be like on Election Day that, you know, the news will probably be there and we'll get to, you know, I'll go into the polls together and you guys get to watch me and dad vote for mommy. And how cool is that? And I just it's it's been such a energizing um gratifying experience from start to finish. Honestly, I'm just so glad that I'm doing it. Where do people find you? You're, you're great on social media too. You're very adept at using the constraints of various social media platforms, just in terms of how much they let you actually type in a field. Right. You're really good at articulating, speaking clearly and sharing the message of the campaign and your vision as congressperson. Where, how do people follow along? What are the places that you have found to be rewarding for those who live in the low country and want to learn about the candidate, because there's obviously going to be a lot more of that, right? There's mm-hmm. going to be so much more attention getting closer to election day, but also for those who may want to support the campaign. How do you like people to learn about you, to learn about the campaign and then to follow? So I think I am my best self on Twitter. <laughs> um, that platform comes very naturally to me. If the campaign was decided on Twitter, I think I would win in a landslide. So I love interacting with the med Twitter community. Um, so find me there first. Um, I'm also over on Instagram, Annie Andrews, MD on all the social media platforms. I like Instagram because I share a lot more of my family life on there. And I think that that's really important that people understand that I am just a regular mom, working mom with a working husband. I do dishes. I fold laundry. I cook meals for my kids. Like it's good to be able to share that sort of human side because so many of our career politicians, you never see that side of them. They're like in this untouchable class. 
So I, I love being out there on social media. And then, of course, our campaign website is DrAnnieAndrews.com. And I just I don't want to end this conversation without saying what a huge role Med Twitter has played in the success of my campaign to this point. I will never forget what it felt like on campaign launch day. That was an incredibly amazing experience to feel the entire community of healthcare professionals all across this country rally around this campaign, because I think we were all looking for something to give us hope and something to believe in. The team now who's never had like a physician candidate before, it's funny, they say we severely underestimated med Twitter because <laughs> yeah. leading up to the launch, I'm like, guys, I think this is going to be big. I think we're going to have a really great day. And I've talked to, you know, all these people out there and they're going to help share the launch video. And they're like, okay, whatever doctors, whatever. And it was just that it blew them away. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I know that this community will do this for all of the physician candidates who are going to come after me. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that is huge that we have kind of found our voice and our power through the support of my campaign. And I'm really proud to be a part of that community. It's a wonderful community. I agree. And I think it's a fun way to think about that impact that you've had nationally already prior to election day. But to kind of wrap up at that local level, you've mentioned some people who've come up to you and brought a variety of issues and had a couple of different responses to you. What's changed people's minds for people who've come up to you and said, I thought this way, I now think that way. And it's because of what I've heard from you. What are some of the levers that have made that happen? Because that's not common. We like to talk about how polarized we are and how we don't want to agree and things like that. You have had, I think, a disproportionately positive impact on people saying, you know what, I'm going to think differently about this because the way Dr. Andrews is describing this resonates with me mm -hmm. where I live in my district in the South Carolina first. What have been some of those levers as you come to that final sprint? So I think it's talking about the issues and the way they affect my life because I'm also just a very normal person in this community. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's not when you talk about gun violence, it's not just the headlines we see on the national news. It's my daughter who is five and in kindergarten this year doing her first lockdown drill last week. Mm -hmm. So when I talk to people in my community, parents in my community about how I feel about gun violence, I talk about how I feel about my kids being put in that position. And that resonates with them. And, you know, maybe they used to think that they voted a different way on guns, but, oh, wow, I have kids in school and they're now being forced to learn how to hide in a closet the same day they're writing their ABCs, right? So it's that issue. It's just, again, I think it goes back to, we don't really even acknowledge sort of the skills we gain over a lifetime, a career as a physician and communicating with people, all different kinds of people yeah. from all walks of life with all levels of education, all backgrounds and connecting with people very quickly as hospitalists. We do that. You know, we don't have a luxury of having a decades long relationship with our patients. We have to walk in that room and immediately establish rapport and come up with a plan all while trying to, you know, our medical knowledge or, you know, clinical decision-making skills. So I think it just goes back to that, being able to communicate effectively with people on an individual basis and talk about issues in a way that is accessible to them. Um, it's the same with abortion. You know, there's so much disinformation out there, and I think that that is very purposeful. But if you speak about that issue from the point of view of a physician and what the science tells us, it really boils it down pretty plainly. You know, it's there's been so much injected into that conversation that has no business in that conversation. But if we go back to our roots, talking about, you know, choices that patients have to make, 
it it's becomes a much more clear conversation. So you kind of cut out all the BS because that's what we do as doctors. That's a great perspective. And I think it's going to serve you really well coming down the stretch. This has been amazing to watch your campaign evolution, to see you turn into this super powered candidate and to now get to anticipate what these next few weeks are going to be like. We'll have links in the show notes to all of those resources to follow your campaign, Dr. Andrews. This was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mark. My thanks so much to Annie for joining me on this episode of Explore the Space Podcast. Delightful to have her back. If you want to follow the campaign as she shared, we have links in the show notes to her social media feed and also to her website. So you can definitely go there. You can follow along there. And it's it's worth following along. This is one of those races that it captures the spirit of what all of us as Americans are looking at as we approach this midterm. Even though it's the first district of South Carolina, this race is going to affect all of us. And seeing her energy and her expertise and her commitment is just extraordinarily compelling. So I would invite all of you to definitely go and check those things out and follow along as we approach election day. You can continue to follow Explore the Space podcast at our website, www.explorethespaceshow.com. You can download and subscribe to Explore the Space wherever you like to download podcasts. You can find me on social media, Twitter at ETS show, Instagram at Explore the Space show. And you can email me anytime, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. We will be back soon with more great content. Thank you so much for listening. Always appreciate your energy and your enthusiasm in being a part of the Explore the Space community. We'll be back soon with more great shows. Till then, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.